When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. Over the next month, I'm going to take a deep dive into the role of human resources in fully operationalizing a best practices compliance program. Each day, I will pick up one topic with three key takeaways, which you can utilize to improve, enhance, or upgrade your compliance program. This series of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. The role of HR in creating an ethical culture. The evaluation of corporate compliance programs guidance made clear that operationalization of compliance into an organization should be done at multiple levels. The guidance also called out culture as a key indicia for an ethical culture. Creating an ethical culture is an important step for a company to burn compliance into the very fabric and DNA of a business. It must be done at every level of an organization on a continuous basis. HR can play a key role in the creation and maintenance of an ethical culture. In an article, What Can You Do to Improve Ethics at Your Company?, the author surveyed C-suite executives and noted, more often the dilemma results from competing interests, misaligned incentives, and clashing cultures. Based upon their study and work, the authors noted three major obstacles to ethical behavior. Companies can warp their own ethical climate by pushing too much change from the top too quickly and too frequently. Leaders in the study reported having to implement staff reduction targets, dispose of big businesses in major markets, and lead mergers and acquisitions. Some of these activities include the inherent conflict of interest. Others simply cause leaders to have to act in their, to counter their own values. Many leaders felt poorly prepared for the dilemmas they faced and felt compelled to make decisions they later regretted. The second is the age-old dilemma of compensation where incentives tended to drive behaviors or, as the authors noted, where people do what they are, do what they are rewarded to do. Most leaders are rewarded for hitting targets. Of course, the most recent example is Wells Fargo where employee compensation was based solely on the number of accounts they opened. Yet such incentive-based behavior was not limited to frontline employees. As the authors noted, the lure of incentives are a problem in boardrooms too. Bonus payments and executive share schemes are often based on short-term business metrics, which can be counter to long-term success. Finally, an area which may require CEO or compliance practitioner to think through several different calculus includes cross-cultural differences. Obviously, some countries have gift-giving cultures, but this is more than simply the value of a gift to give at Christmas or some other national or religious holiday. It involves cultures where gift-giving may be a part of the overall business relationship. Here you can think of Japan. An interesting insight by the authors was teaching employees how to understand what matters in an organization. This is not simply your written code of conduct, but how things really work. So here are some questions for you. How are employees paid? Compensation plan is a critical benchmark. It is simply kill, eat what you kill. Focusing on the short term, you're obviously going to have problems down the road. Who gets promoted and why? This is not simply whether the high producer gets promoted, but how about those who speak up and raise ethical issues? 
Are they subtly or perhaps not so subtly discriminated against and held back from promotion because, of course, they're not a team player? How do employees feel about their organization? Although it may seem straightforward, if your employees are disengaged or worse, ashamed about your company, you may have an ethical time bomb waiting to happen. What about incentives to drive organizations to improve their ethical climate? This is certainly important in corporate governance documents, such as your code of conduct policies and procedures, but companies become ethical one person at a time, one decision at a time. This means employees need to understand the organization's underlying culture. Self-awareness enables you to build and strengthen that overall inner compass. Organizational awareness enables you to identify the forces in your company's culture and processes that could drive you and others to do the wrong thing at the wrong time. To have such courage, employees who speak up have to have a personal network which operates as an informal sounding board and can highlight options and choices the leaders may not have considered. When making ethical decisions, it's important to recognize your way isn't the only way, and even the mandated choices will have consequences that you must deal with. If there is another reason for breaking down the silos in a corporate organization, because the challenge is that most leaders have networks full of people who think and act like them and fail to seek out diverse opinions, especially in the highly charged situations. Instead, they hunker down with people who have similar values and beliefs. This can lead to particularly dire consequences in a cross-cultural environment. Finally, perhaps most intuitively, is speaking up. Here, business leaders must encourage not only a speak-up culture, but one of no retaliation. It is more than simply tones at the top, for many employees' senior leadership resides in the form of their direct manager, i.e. the person they report to. If you find the need to speak up, what will the number of choices you have to make be? Do you talk to your boss? Do you consult with your peers? Do you work with advisory functions such as legal, compliance, or human resources? How can you draw on your personal network for support and guidance the right way forward within the context of your own unique situation? Ethics and compliance blend together in the corporate world. It is not simply the responsibility of the CEO and the compliance practitioner, but of HR to support those employees who want to do the right thing. While written protocols are significant, both in detection and prevention, one can never lose sight of a corporate culture as a way to positively impact your workforce and your company going forward. So what are today's three key takeaways? Number one, beware of and cognizant of the obstacles in your organization to create an ethical culture. Number two, what really matters in your organization? Is it compensation-based, eat what you kill, or is it something else? And then finally, a speak-up culture will improve the operational performance of your business. Thank you for joining me on this exploration of the role of HR in a best practices and fully operationalized compliance program of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.